Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, the 18th day of June, and the year 2021 on this report. I will be talking about the growing threat of inflation. Is inflation really happening? And if so, is it really something terrible? Something to be feared, or is it what the Fed and the Treasury Department say that it is, just a transitory phase of the economy? This is Father's Day weekend for the Castle family, as it is for everyone else. Husband and father are the two greatest roles that a man could have. As far as I'm concerned, I thank God for the opportunity to have those roles in my own life, I'm sure. Joan has something wonderful planned for me this weekend, and the family daughter will call from wherever she is in this world. What is going on in this economy right now? Are prices really out of control as the Fed, that is the Federal Reserve, lost control of inflation and the economy in general, or is it all just a transitory phase, as we are often told, when we visit the grocery store or the gas station, it seems certain that inflation is a reality, not an illusion. It may be transitory, but its effect on our lifestyle. Our ability to care for our families is very real. Our standard of living is being diminished every day as prices, especially for commodities we use every day, are increasing. It's easy to raise prices on consumer products. All the grocer has to do is change his sign for hamburger from $3.99 per pound to $5.99 per pound. And you pay a third more for the simplest American meal when the gas station changes. It's sign almost daily, always upward. It costs more to drive to work <coughs> or to the grocery store or to take the kids to school when prices for such commodities increase, your standard of living falls because your wages do not keep pace. Most working people in America are employed by small business. Those businesses are struggling to keep their heads above water right now. I'm not talking about Google, Microsoft, or some Wall Street bank that has billions in assets and should trouble arise for them, the federal government, is there, always there, to use your money to bail them out. No, the person who runs the small business is losing his standard of living just as you are. Wages always lag behind prices because if an increase comes, it's probably yearly, while price increases happen almost daily. What exactly is inflation? The traditional definition is an increase in the money supply, but recently the Fed and the Treasury Department started referring to it as an upward trend in pricing, whatever that means. The government likes to tell us that the CPI, that is the Consumer Price Index, is the proper measurement of inflation. The CPI is just a bundle or a basket of industries or companies or goods that the government looks at to measure pricing. On that basket depends the COLA or the cost of living adjustment for Social Security recipients as well as all federal pensions. COLA is supposed to keep those people on fixed incomes from losing ground to inflation, so it is the advantage of the government to hold COLA to a minimum. That is done through adjustments to the CPI. If you want to show that there is little or no inflation, make sure to have a lot of high-tech companies in your basket. Prices on certain electronics, such as TVs, have actually fallen in recent years. 
as knowledge increases to prevent problems on the upside. Just take volatile industries such as timber, meat, and other foods from the basket, and CPI can appear to be under control. People see the prices of things they use continuing to rise, but most do not understand what is really happening. And if they do understand, what can they do about it? The Fed has been good in recent years at keeping inflation from their constant money pump to Wall Street. In recent months, for example, the Fed has pumped $120 billion per month into the economy through buying assets primarily Bonds, they don't let debt pile up to unpayable levels for the big banks. Instead, they just pay the banks to buy their own debt. That appears to be quite a scam. I know, and that's because it is. The Fed gives our money to the banks so the banks can buy government debt or, in effect, lend the money back to the government. Even worse, they use it to buy back their own stock, making them appear profitable and increasing the director bonuses. The government is projected to spend $3.7 trillion more than it takes in this year, this fiscal year. And over the next 10 years, it is projected to spend $20 trillion more than it takes in. The constant flow of money with nothing being produced, nothing productive happening has until now been able to limit increases to the stock market, which made people think everything was just fine. The stock market was booming after all. Much of that Fed $120 billion per month was going right into U.S. equities. Not many people ever questioned that phenomenon by asking, how could that happen when these companies were not making anything that anyone wanted to buy? It was all just an illusion designed to keep enough plates in the air to prevent total failure, but the recent massive amounts of money created to pay people and businesses for COVID losses changed all that. Inflation has finally broken out in the general economy. The Fed seems at a loss to curtail it. The last time it happened on such a scale was in the 1970s, and like now, the government at first had no answer. When Ronald Reagan was elected, he brought in Paul Volcker to run the Fed. Volcker knew that he had to inflict pain in order to prevent even more pain in the future. He raised rates to above 15% at one point. And the once red-hot housing market collapsed, but inflation receded. The economy was booming again all through the 1980s. The difference between then and now is that that solution of such a drastic increase in rates is no longer a realistic option for the Fed. Paul Volcker had less than $1 trillion of government debt to deal with and to fund the debt service. For today, the Fed has $28 trillion and rising. The monthly debt service today is almost half what the entire debt was in Volcker's day, so a drastic increase in rates would leave the government unable to fund its debt. This all leaves the Fed on the horns of a dilemma. Raise rates enough to control inflation and use the government's entire revenue just to pay debt service or let inflation rage out of control. That seems to be the choice. Either way, it's not a pretty picture. So the Fed will probably try some type of modest stopgap solution, such as raising rates just a little bit, in hopes that the increase sends a negative message to slow the economy. The other thing is to continue unreporting the CPI numbers to make it appear that inflation is under control, then finally hope 
Just hope it holds together long enough to get through one more administration. Then hand the problem off to the next one. Looking for reasons for an inflationary cycle should remind the government that it is not omnipotent. There are limits, no matter how much the government wants to believe otherwise. There are limits to how much money the Fed can create without anything productive behind it. And with nothing to anchor it, those limits are the reasons why governments hate gold. The government does not want to be reminded of what it's doing, and the gold price is right there in front of us all the time as a reminder. When gold prices are rising, so is inflation. That is why the government distorts even that limit by buying up gold futures. Leaving the gold standard in 1971 allowed the Fed and the Treasury to become completely financialized. In other words, we no longer had to make anything that anyone wanted to buy because they wanted dollars. And the dollar by the pallet became our chief export. Computers ended the pallets of dollars and replaced them with blips on the Fed computer screen. But the principle was still the same. Even military weapons were often purchased from foreign countries when the 1911 model 45 automatic was replaced as a sidearm for Marine officers, it was replaced by a foreign pistol. So America was deindustrialized. Industry was moved offshore to cheap labor countries, American retailers. Rust to switch to foreign purchases of merchandise. Large importers such as Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco, began to dominate the American market and consumer prices fell. Everyone was happy, happy until they learned that American labor had lost its bargaining power. Why would a manufacturer like Ford or General Motors listen to a bunch of unreasonable union demands? It would be far easier, far cheaper just to relocate the factory to a low-wage country. So work for what we offer or we will relocate. In less technical industries, American labor competed not only with cheap labor countries on imported goods, but also imported labor from foreign countries. Every segment of American society lost its standard of living, except perhaps the top 10%. Even the low-priced foreign merchandise was no longer affordable because of increasing prices, decreasing wages. That problem was solved through credit, which increased the power of the banks to 20 percent or so between what people earned and what they needed had been lost to Americans, was made up through liberal credit. Even the debt service could no longer be afforded. The people were forced to either ask for protection in bankruptcy court or live a much lower standard of living. In conclusion, the fate of the American worker is sealed by inflation and by the irresponsible policies of the Fed and the Treasury. The Fed Board of Governors knows how many people will be impoverished by their decisions. They know how many divorces will occur, how many children will be left fatherless. They know how much drug addiction will result, how many suicides will result. But those people, all those people are just numbers on a computer screen. Finally, folks, when I use the expression the deep state or the swamp or the ruling elite, I'm talking about those who perpetuate this system. There are, they are so embedded in the woodwork of Washington, D.C., that no one can dig them out. What can be done about it? Absolutely nothing. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.